All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How's your Canada day? Uh, Canada was good. It was like kind of un- uneventful. Oh yeah. It you, didn't, you didn't like have a, a housewarming barbecue or anything? No, I think I was slightly hungover. <laughs> like every day ended with or started with me being hungover and being like, oh, what should I do? Uh, I should do something. Uh, yeah. What do you want to do? And the weather was like really bad. It's brutal. So we just. What did, how did the day start? I think it was basically that until we decided to go. Oh, that's what happened. Jen's uncle came over, tried to fish our, fix our dishwasher. His name's Steve Rogers. So I thought Captain America could right, do it. Right. Um, but no, he couldn't. <laughs> he was a real Bucky Rogers about it all. He was a Bucky about it. Um, Foreshadow to later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, and so we, uh, no, he actually was super helpful. Um, but anyways, we just put it back together and then it was like, oh, it's five o'clock. We were supposed to go to Ribfest, So we got on down there. Uh, Heard Ribfest didn't suffer at all from the, from the weather. No, not at all. That's awesome. We, we ate a bunch of ribs. It's funny cause there's protesters outside of Ribfest, eh? Yeah. But like, like, like PETA do, people can't do anything. No, I know. Yeah. It was like PETA people like, Hey, the, all these pigs were screaming before you were eating them and stuff. Stuff like that. Uh, I know. Yeah, and I get it. Like I had, I had brunch I recently know. with a vegan friend of mine. Yeah, and she's not terribly preachy about the lifestyle. But if you ask her about it, and in her defense, I totally did. I was like, yeah. hey, so here we are at this brunch place, and I'm having eggs and bacon, and she's able to tell you very rationally why it is uh, gross that you're eating bacon. Well, and why it is objectively wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, it's it's not really defensible. Like we we uh, arrive in our brain morally at this place that says, I'm going to do this and this and this to be my contribution to the world. Right. But I'm not going to be able to make this sacrifice, at least at this juncture. Um, however, if you're telling yourself that it's fine because of the circle of life or whatever, right. You're wrong. It's just not, and and it's funny because even from a uh, from an environmental standpoint, oh my it's god, like so bad. Yeah, if, even if you just gave up, I think it was like if you just gave up beef alone, mm-hmm. beef and beef products. Oh yeah, no. you'd be like long term. If everyone did that, the water yeah. that's used in the cattle industry for for like just. That McDonald's costs from the world every single day is incredible. Right. I don't remember the number exactly, but it's something like 4,000 liters a day are saved if you're just a vegan for a week or something. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's did astonishing. You hear, did you hear McDonald's or Walt Disney uh, or Disney low-key walked away from McDonald's in like 2006 because they didn't want to be affiliated with childhood obesity anymore? Wow. Okay. That's like, cool. It, yeah. That was like so underrated. Yeah. Because if you remember when we were little, like it was always the newest Disney movie was partnering up with McDonald's. Oh yeah. So it happened in our lifetime. Yeah. So like That's you could so get, true. There you would could be... get like a Lion King happy meal. I had or... all the Hercules plates. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I also like that they did it low key and not so to, to judge McDonald's. Right. Mm-hmm. Although there's still the whole, like, isn't there a whole anti-Semitism thing around Walt Disney himself? Yeah, but I have, uh, my uncle worked for years. Right, he worked talked for, about this. He worked for the rat for years, as they <laughs> say. Uh, and he was, like, very high up in the company. And even though it didn't end 
well, like it, because the record industry is dying, he ended up losing his job. He right. still has such uh, such affection for for the Disney company. And I remember discussing with him a long time ago because mm. I had heard when I was young, I had heard, oh, somebody told me that Walt Disney was an anti-Semite or something. Right. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was able to quell that notion to me. So right. He, okay. he, he, was either, he was either brainwashed by the company sure. to have a go-to response to that charge. Totally. Or he knows the truth. Right. I mean, if, yeah, if everything cleared... Like you never hear about it. You never hear anyone talk about that. So well, it, like, like it can't what, really be. Walt Disney's best friends were the two guys who did all the music for uh, Mary Poppins, and right. they were those guys were Jews. Like he, they're he, both Jewish, and right. and he was he he is now um, one of the the founders of modern Hollywood. Like he's right. one of the kings was, of what the movie industry is, and isn't that synonymous? with uh jewish culture entertainment yeah, so, so isn't there yeah why was that someone trying to smear him at one point i mean i don't know i maybe maybe there is some some evidence that he he said something he shouldn't have said or whatever but it also might be a sign of the times right right it doesn't mean that i i, I don't know i don't think he was a, a a nazi sympathizer right not that that's like <laughs> If you're not a Nazi sympathizer, as long as you're not <laughs> you're, that, you're, you're good. okay in sweet spots. Yeah, and that's not what I'm saying, but I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think he was this Jew hating uh, monster <laughs> right. the way he's sometimes portrayed to be on like Family Guy. Sure. Oh, is he? Yeah, I think is so. Family Guy taking some shots. I think, okay. Well, you know, Family Guy just kind of leans into whatever is the main thing. Yeah, I actually saw what like a super lazy Family Guy joke a couple weeks ago, and it was something along the lines of, like, it was. A Heath Ledger joke. Okay. And someone said something about being Batman or the Dark Knight or the Joker. And then Peter was like, no, I'm just going to go OD in my apartment. Right. And I was like, that's... That's not good. That's not even Well, the thing funny. that always like, bothered me about Family Guy is when they... Because, like, good comedy is based on truth, right? So if right. they make a joke that's at someone's expense... But there's a little truth in it. All right, fair game. Mm-hmm. But like when they say, "Oh, this is this is worse than Colin Farrell." Well, what what's wrong with Colin? Farrell? He's a great actor. <laughs> sure, yeah. he's like been in so many good movies. Yeah. It sucks when they strike out on those because there's sometimes where they're super funny. Well, and I think I mean, in speaking of of laziness, I think they're responsible for this notion that Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a horse. Yeah, like, like that's like there are so many people who that's all they know about her <laughs> is. Like, before they even think Sex and the City, they think, oh, she's the one people say looks like a horse. Right. And so everyone just decides now she looks like a horse. No, she doesn't. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that just came from Family That's Guy. It just came from Family Guy. So now everybody says, oh, like, uh, nay. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, you know I how say people, nay to that entire notion. I say nay to this principle. Right. And, and I mean, like, maybe it was funny when they said it. Mm-hmm. Whether it was true or not, it was just like a weird burn. So right. I guess it was funny then. It was then. a weird burn that I'm sure they weren't hoping kept for that long. Well, yeah, like she probably gets, like she probably sees a tweet every day that she looks oh, like a horse. God, it's kind of ruined her life. She's probably not on Twitter because of it. Maybe not. She was on Howard Stern about a year ago and she was so cool. Yeah. She was so cool. Like okay. all her friends call her SJ and she's like. <laughs> Did she say that? All my yeah, friends call yeah, me cause, SJ. Because Howard always asks, what do I call you? Do I call you Sarah Jessica? Oh, do I call you. Cool. Um, and so like when it's, 
when it's ice cube he never knows what he's like right but call me cube right right <laughs> and then howard does it like through the whole interview he, he very cube. he very earnestly will call her sj right and you kind of you kind of want to call her that yourself now. yeah you know how when people say bob de niro you're like man i wish i could call him bob i'm de so niro. happy that you were like did you hear when sj was on howard stern <laughs> uh, sj parker yeah that's a cool name though sjp yeah, yeah. you're right so I'm a fan of Sarah Jessica Parker, and I don't like when people say that. I know. I need to listen to so many Howard episodes. I, we should have a log of Howard episodes that I, I have. A, I have a hard me. drive with so many Howard Stern interviews. Yeah. The Wilmer Valderrama. I remember you saying that was the most that, important one to listen to. That, I don't know about most important, but it is definitely an iconic one. Right. For somebody who's otherwise not really significant anymore, right. it is It is a good example. He's of, on NCIS. Watch your mouth. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Becky and I were talking. This is interesting because we just did a show show about the 70s show. Becky and I were talking about how enough time has passed now. I think like maybe 12 years since that show went off the air. Yeah. Um, that, and it ended, uh, story-wise at the end of the seventies, enough time has passed now that if they give it another five years, say, yeah, they can do a, that nineties show for Netflix in which, uh, Eric and Donna's kid is 16, 17. Right. And it's in the nineties. Yeah. Like if, if they got all the same writers, it would be fun. If they well, like had the same, you know, if it had the same, quickness it would be tough yeah it would be tough but when you go through the cast is there anybody who wouldn't be game because laura prepon works for netflix ashton kutcher and danny masterson work for netflix topher grace just did war machine with brad pitt netflix no one else is working what's war machine about it's a movie about a war machine did you watch it no Ah. (laughs) i don't know what it's about but it's a war it's a war movie it's supposed to be really good yeah whoa it's a brad pitt movie on netflix all right i it just came out it just came out in the last month i love it i'm gonna watch that yeah, and Topher Grace is in it. Nice. I'm down with Topher. Short for Christopher. It is. It is. It's like, do you know Tay Diggs' real name is Scott. Scott. Yeah. And then he, well, yeah, I heard him talk about it on Regis and Kelly one time, how it was first Scott, and then people called him Scotty, mm-hmm. and then people called him T, and then people called him Tay. Well, it was Scott Tay. Yeah, sorry, went, Scott Tay. It went from Scotty to Scott Tay. Right. Which is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then just Tay. Um, hey, speaking of uh, Topher Grace, mm-hmm. um, are you up on the 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 Fox Marvel drama over the Spider Man property? No. Okay, so Marvel's now announced before the worldwide release of Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reviews are already really good. It's in the nineties on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not out yet. Comes out Friday. Oh my god! Oh, it's gonna be so big, man, and it's supposed to be Whoa. awesome. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, I have to see that Baby Driver and the Big Sick is at the Oxford this weekend, so it's gonna be. They're all at the Oxford. No, B- Big Sick is. Oh, Big Sick is at the Oxford. And Spider-Man and, and uh, Baby Driver are out. And I have to see both of those movies. Sure. Um, so, obviously, it was it was this long, uh, arduous process getting Spider-Man over to Marvel because mm-hmm. what is Marvel without Spider-Man? We have to pay whatever we can to get him right. and involve him in our cinematic universe. Now they've been able to do that. They've announced they've got a five-picture uh, plan for Spider-Man. Five pictures. Which is a little... Uh, I mean, that's why they got somebody so young, I guess. But right. I already have superhero fatigue. Right. So that's a little nerve-wracking, but whatever. So because I guess they feel a little burned, mm-hmm. uh, Fox, who has previously owned Spider-Man and put out five Spider-Man movies already under the Sony umbrella, um, has found a loophole, and they're making a Venom movie. Oh, wow. 
And but Topher Grace isn't going to be. No, no, no. I don't know. But like, how loop but like, he looks exactly like Spider-Man, and right. they're going to involve this whole personality, and Carnage is going to be the villain. Right. Anyway, Marvel has said, for the record, Tom Holland will not appear in this movie. Um, and I don't know if it would be good, but. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, because Tom, have you seen any of the stuff about him spilling the beans about stuff? Like, they don't like to tell him secrets. Tom Holland is the guy who's playing Spider-Man right now, right? Like, he tells the press stuff he yeah. shouldn't tell them. He's just not good at Yeah, there's, like, there's gifts of him being like, oh, God, I, I wasn't supposed to say that. Like, <laughs> oh, he's it's... like, he's like, and for the third movie, we hope, and then oh my god, he's like, oh, I realized that I wasn't supposed to let people know that I'm going to be That's probably movies. partly why they've been sending Robert Downey Jr. on talk shows with him. Yeah. Like, oh, I bet. I mean, I mean it's not that it's bad for, for press to have Robert Downey Jr. Right. there as well, but honestly, like... Robert, we're gonna give you a million bucks. You gotta go out to and guide it you bit. gotta go out there and jump in if he says anything yes. he shouldn't say. Yeah, because he's kind of their boss. He actually said this week that he's going to stop playing Tony Stark pretty soon. Right before it gets sad, is how he phrased it. Before it gets sad, which I kind of know what he means. And yeah, I, like before it drags on. And it's like well, Avengers. He's, he's 34. probably played him ten times now. Although it didn't really for Hugh Jackman, but he played him ten times and. And he knew when to say when. Yeah. And there were a couple of bad movies. You think he played him 10 times already? You think think Downey Jr. has? uh, It just seems like it's been such a longer period. Yeah. Well, no. X-Men was longer. X-Men started in 98. Sorry, that's that's what I mean. It feels like X-Men was such a long period. And and a couple of them were cameos. Yeah. Like really quick little appearances. And a couple of them were bad. And so we forget about them on purpose. You're right. It's kind of a shame that he couldn't have been in a... A Deadpool movie, though. Yeah, you're right. Although, well, there's no... Can- well, yeah. N- no, there's no counting that out. No. Well, he did say this is... He very explicitly said, I'm not going to play this character oh, anymore. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, I don't know. He, he could get paid a lot of money and, and turn around and, and make it a big thing. Right. Uh, I, know, I know Patrick Stewart said he's open to appearing <laughs> in, in, uh, in Deadpool. And... Uh, he also said he was open to appearing in Legion, which would be really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm That'd a, be I, I, my brother Ross and I have really become uh, just insularly big champions of the concept of Dan Stevens as James Bond. Dan Stevens, Legion. Oh yeah, yeah, he'd be really good. I just think he's got he's the, a good actor. He's like 35. That's what we need, did, man. Did you watch all of Legion? No. Man, it but gets, I watched Downton Abbey. It gets yeah. <laughs> he's that. Is also. he? He's in it. He's like the main character for the first oh, three seasons. Oh no way! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's so he. Yeah. He'd have a pretty wide pull. He was awesome in Downton Abbey. He yeah. is the main reason to watch it for the first three seasons. Re- really good in Legion yeah. too. Yeah. Um, crazy season. Like it was so trippy the entire season. You kind of wonder the entire time what's going on. Yeah. It. It's like in The Sopranos they have these dream sequences. And it felt like every episode was one of those dream sequences. Right. Where all of a sudden, Tony Soprano is just talking to a horse. Okay. <laughs> like, it's it's like that kind of weird I didn't know Sopranos got stuff. so out there. It did. Yeah. It really did. Like, that's why uh, this, there were so many things about the Sopranos. Like, it was funny while it was being, like, while you were trying to make heads or tails of what this fucking dream sequence was. Right. While you were also wondering about, like, who was getting banged out next it seemed legion it, it seemed a little bit uh experimental which is cool that they right. were open to doing that and it got great reviews so that that gives them the license to continue being experimental yeah. 
uh, I think it had pretty good viewership too. Like I think overall, its first year was very successful. Yeah, it ended on a cool note, but like you were trapped in such a weird like head fuck for for like four weeks. On the subject of uh, superhero movies, Mm -hmm. and in fact, I, I feel like we have to talk about the leftovers. Just because we have for so many podcasts in a row, but I don't. I think we've we've topped that off in recent podcasts because yep. it's done. Uh, uh, Damon Lindelof, okay, is doing a Watchmen series. A series, yeah. And I don't know about the Watchmen. Like I, the Watchmen, as a graphic novel, has been named the greatest graphic novel of all time. Really, like like, like in terms of literature, yep. it's the best one. Did you watch the movie? Yeah, but I watched it when I was like seventeen. Yeah, I just didn't get it. I never watched it at all. I, I was like, I I think I wanted I wanted it to be Sam Raimi Spider Man, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, right. I don't get it at all. And so maybe I owe it another watch, but it has like cultural impact. It's not just a romp, right? Um, I think the movie's pretty well received. To me, it seemed ridiculous. Like, there's a sex scene in Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah plays. I'm like, fuck off. This is so on the night. Yeah. Interesting. So, I, I don't know. I kind of want to watch it. It's one of those movies that I've never seen. Yeah. But I'm super into just watching to see what the hell it's all about. Like, there are English classes that teach the Watchmen. Like, the way they might teach To Kill a Mockingbird. That's crazy. Not not pop culture classes or uh, uh, the modern hero classes. I mean, yeah. like, English mm-hmm. 206. I bet the series will be amazing, though. I mean, Dan- Damon Lindelof seems like a good get for that because it's weird yeah. and it's sci-fi and it's and he dark. Knows, and he knows the right people to hire now. And mm. he's like, the, some of the writing staff that he had on The Leftovers were incredible. He's no slouch, man. He gets I, right into the next thing, doesn't he? Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, no retirement for him. Good for him. Uh, Assassin's Creed is getting a TV show, which seems odd because the movie was that such movie a terrible failure. Awful. And the overall premise, I think, looks awful honestly assassins i'm not a big video game person assassins creed to play is so cool really it's a it's it's so fun yeah but the premise is inherently stupid that you're in the modern day and you get inside what essentially is a tanning bed and you open your eyes and you're in like victorian england right swashbuckling yeah <laughs> swashbuckling no it's, re- less. it's ridiculous yeah uh and a fastbender great as he is couldn't save it no Oh. But they're making a TV series. The same people who are making the Castlevania TV series, in fact. Uh, what else do we have here? Hey, have you heard about this uh, this controversy that Sony's been having over cleaning up their R-rated movies? No. So it, I, th- <laughs> I know I think, nothing. I've I like think, I've been out of the ether for the last three months. You've apparently. been pretty busy. Yeah. I think it was just an idea that was floated casually, and Seth Rogen jumped in and and made it a thing. Basically, oh. very publicly said. I'm going to say for the record early on before you get excited about this idea that I hate this idea and I've made you a lot of money. Um, Basically, they Sony had this idea to take all their R-rated movies and clean them up. Basically release Blu-ray or Netflix versions as PG versions. Oh, yeah. That's an awful idea. It's an awful idea. And Seth Rogen basically said, I'm telling you, the artist is not going to appreciate this. Right. It was made this way on purpose. It's like editing Huck Finn. On editing what? Or t- Tom Sawyer? Huck Finn? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, it's, yeah. You know what I mean. Editing you know sa- what reference I'm Editing for? Sausage Party is the same as Mark Twain. <laughs> Honestly, like, Mark Twain meant it to be one way. Mm-hmm. It was released one way. Right. And now people want to edit it one way. 
No, I, I, I think that I, it's, it's also just so obviously a cash grab. It's just a ploy to get more people to watch their movies. Yeah, make more accessible to more people, which, like, obviously they're going to want to do, but... Yeah, but, but Sausage Party, it just it, to sum it up, it's just a dick joke. The whole thing is a dick yeah. joke. Why would you make a PG version right. of that? Um, and this is the end. I, I, it just seems like a lot of work for a thing that's making tons of money already anyway for what it is so anyway it drummed up a lot of bad press everybody seemed to be on like a bunch of celebrities came out and they were like oh seth said that yeah i agree hmm. and uh sony basically said well just for the record if we do it we would never do it to a movie without the director's blessing so it's not really a risk right yeah because no one's gonna agree no. to it no unless it's like yeah we want to bleep out a couple fucks well yeah they turned it into a a tbs version of the breakfast club and right they yeah. turned that would be an example of a word they might, or the Ferris Bueller or something. They turned shithead into, um, uh, help me out here. It's something really funny. Yeah. Something re- like, Oh, it's like, like, like lettuce head or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's actually something that ridiculous. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's yeah. much better than anything I could have come up with. <laughs> Can you tell me the story about how you're friends with Nick Kroll now? Oh yeah. I got a like from him. I know. That's so cool. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I sent it to you, right? Yeah. So what is the, what is the reference you, you sent a tweet at Nick Kroll. So there was a whole, you remember the whole skit in, in, uh, Kroll Kroll show that was wheels Ontario Hmm. where there was a, a a kid in a wheelchair and he goes to a wheelchair school (laughs) in Canada and he's from Saskatoon (laughs) wheels Ontario. (laughs) Yeah. It was basically like a Degrassi ripoff. Yeah. Like they were playing off that whole thing and, and like pronunciation and it was super, like super hilarious and over the top and ridiculous. Um, and eventually they got so deep into the series that they started exploring the fact that the person in wheels, Ontario was actually an actor named, (laughs) I forget his name, but it was something really funny. And he released a music video, a Canadian music video. Okay. And one of the music videos was, I don't want to go to bed. And it was like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> oh, Ottawa. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Right. So it was like flashing on the screen <laughs> and, and there's different lyrics like that throughout the whole music video. But so I tweeted on Canada day. Cause I just thought I was watching the Ottawa celebrations on CBC. And yeah. in my mind, I thought I don't want to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I decided to tweet that at Nick Kroll because I thought maybe no one else is tweeting him this right now. I don't think. I think that that like you were an early adopter of Nick Kroll as like a big star. Like more people know his name now, but he's gotten more famous since that show went off the air. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, big time. So, so I tweeted him, Hey, Nick Kroll. Hey, at Nick Kroll. Canada says happy Canada day. Hashtag I don't want to go to bed. Yeah. I think was the was what I ended up using, and he liked it. That's so cool. Yeah, I've got a few likes like that from Jim Jeffries, Nick Kroll. Uh, there's two or three others. Brett there, Sullivan has liked a tweet of mine. Yeah. Um, who's that big beardy guy who is in Love, and he's been in a couple of things. He's uh, I'm not going to think of oh, his name. Oh, uh, Big J Okerson. No. Anyway, it's 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 just a nice thing, and it's like a small thing that they can do. Yeah. And they can't be like it's not their job to like every fan tweet. No, but, but I like, picture them like scrolling through tweets. Well, what it does is it clicking. tells you they check their at replies. Yeah, 
Definitely. And, and that's kind of weird. That's kind of eye-opening. Yeah. Because you could tweet something and they probably, even if they don't interact with it, they probably will be aware of you for a second. Yeah. And that's that's <laughs> a beautiful thing. Someone being aware of your existence and that you watched the thing they did. Like I've talked a couple of times in the show this week about how Ed Sheeran has quit Twitter as of this week. Right. There was this big, uh, there was this big thing where for some reason Lady Gaga fans jumped on Ed Sheeran. I'm not sure what why they decided to jump on Ed Sheeran. Uh, but Lady, her little monsters, um, they accused Ed Sheeran's loop pedal situation of mm-hmm. being uh, fake, that he was playing to track and he was just miming it because like, nobody is actually doing that live. Right. Uh, and so he's just like quit Twitter because he's just, he's already a guy who kind of can't stand the, right, the the rat race of it all. Sure. Uh, and she made a nice Instagram post today about how, no, that's not right. He's obviously very talented. And mm-hmm. It's just a bummer to me when... And his when, little gingers didn't count, go after her little monsters? I don't think Ed Sheeran's little gingers have time for that. Right. Like, I mean, like, like, we don't care either. Well, he's like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, he's the biggest male act in the world, mm-hmm. truly. Um, so I guess it's not a bad thing. But he is kind of the male Adele now. Like, moms really like Ed Sheeran. Sure. Um because he's honest and sincere, but he reminds them of Van Morrison in a way. And like, okay. and also he's objectively talented. Like I think we've talked before about how it's just always really stressful to me when, when people dislike somebody for their fame or for their image. And then that's okay. Mm-hmm. Justin Bieber is a good example. I mean, he's been shitty in the public eye, but you can come up with reasons to dislike Justin Bieber that don't include the lie that he's not talented. Right. Like that's, that's, that's go there last. It doesn't yeah. matter. He's in the business. It doesn't matter if he's talented or not. He's working there. Right. So let's go there last. We've talked about that a few times. Like, I don't like Anne Hathaway, but it's not because she's not talented. She's right. super talented. Right. I just, she gets on my nerves. Well, and we're playing a couple of different One Direction solo songs on the station now. Yeah. We're playing the Harry Styles single. Yep. Which is pretty good. Great song. The album is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're playing two Niall Horan songs. The first one kind of sucks, This Town. Uh, and this new one, Slow Hands, is pretty good. Nice. Um, and I had there hasn't been like uh, in previous iterations of the station that were like kind of cooler than what we are now. Yeah. We might have had feedback that that said, "Why are you guys playing One Direction?" Right. We don't get that now. Right. Possibly and- more like hip, less maybe accessible. This is a little more indie. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Too cool. Right. I've been at, like yeah, and and I don't care what songs we play on the station. I'm long past caring what songs we play on the station. Right. I'd much rather have listeners. Um, but I just think our listeners now are mature enough to be like, oh, is that One Direction? Fine, I guess. The song is great. Right. Or, or it's not. I think people got over that Justin Timberlake was one of the first people that in our generation of like, okay, he's going solo now and he's super talented and we can all just agree that Justin Timberlake is It, could, it became cool performer. to like him. But yeah. like Nickelback was on CBC doing a couple interviews a couple weeks ago and I really respected Chad Kroger is it Kroger or Kruger? Kroger. Kroger. I, I really respected Chad Kroger's discussing it. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but he basically said like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't th- like make no mistake. I don't think we're Arcade Fire, right? But like, I've had a really tremendous career, sure. And like, that is the that is perfect. I'm and, so glad he said that. And people like it. Yeah. What a good reference too. Yeah. Because he didn't say something like. Who the hell is Arcade Fire? Yeah, no. We're Nickelback and we're about rock. He he's, said. he's like, he's like, don't don't think that I'm like out there trying to be Arcade Fire and failing. No. I'm doing this thing yeah, that's Ar- working. Arcade Fire fans, it's yeah. not for you. Mm. And we don't expect it to be for you. Sure. I know. 
I know. So I, I, I mean, I've long been a Nickelback defender as well because I talked about this a little bit over the weekend. With I, some I didn't friends know that about you, by the way, that you were a Nickelback defender. But go ahead. I mean, I don't know. What and you've got nothing, nothing to lose by being a Nickelback. No, I think I can't really think of any songs by them off the top of my head. Rockstar. It's kind of corny, but it's kind of the first few times I heard it, it was pretty clever. Totally. Um, and there are a few songs like that. It, again, you don't have to like them. Mm-hmm. Nobody's making you listen to them. No. Uh, they're not ubiquitous. They're not inescapable. No. Nickelback. They're they're you don't like every time you open the internet there's Nickelback. That's not <laughs> happening. No. And uh, this this charge that they're the worst band in the world. What's name for me the worst band in the world? Oh, Nickelback. Easy. You've never heard of the worst band in the world cuz nobody's fucking signed them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is is you need to to look at how their chart they've charted super well. There's right. a huge audience for right. them. That's not Black Magic. No, you know, I don't think. No, I don't think it's Black Magic it's sweets. It's a formula. Yeah, and lots of lots of stuff that's considered trendy is formulaic I mean, without have, people realizing it. Every song comes down to good hooks. That yes, some people like Absolutely. at least. A huge amount of people in there. I, I know I'm like, late to the game on this. I'm like six to nine months late to the game on this. But I, the only song I'm listening to this week is Redbone. Oh, really? It's the only song I could listen to this week. Like, <laughs> Why? I'm listening Because you watched repeat. Get Out? It's because I watched Get Out. But I was aware of the song anyway. But I'm just like, I think it probably replanted the song in my head. And sure. I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to that song. And now it's the only song I listen to. Right. Whole album. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that movie was insane. It was. I don't want to say any spoilers, but like as a person who doesn't like horror, I got a little spooked at a couple of points, and there's mm-hmm. some there's some head trauma stuff that I find kind of troubling. Yeah. But the conceptually that mu- that movie was like nothing I've ever seen. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. It was a cool movie to watch. I just woke up one day and watched it hungover. And yeah. I was pretty satisfied with my decision. Game of Thrones coming back really soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, episodes seven and eight of this next season are the longest episodes they've ever had. How long are they? One of them is 80 minutes. Wow. And now, apparently, cool. it's come out that many of the episodes in the final season mm-hmm. are going to be feature length. Really? Basically, so, a new Game of Thrones movie every Sunday. There's no way that, that there's going to be more than five then. Well, no, I think they've already said that the final season's only going to be five or six episodes. Okay. And people were disappointed in that. But isn't it kind of a cool trade-off that it's, they're these epic... It's it's awesome. What a, what a show... I mean, as soon as I saw the first episode of Game of Thrones, I was like, this is probably going to be like a Sopranos-esque situation. It is. And hasn't it become exactly that? But Huge. But to a level that, you know, even my friend who doesn't watch shows <laughs> ended up streaming all of the Game of Thrones in the last, like, three, three four months. Yeah. And he is quoting it consistently. Wow. Quoting yeah. Game of Thrones? Quoting it's Game not of- Community. Well, no, it kind of is like that. Well, it, it, if you knew his personality, it it makes a little bit more sense. Okay, um, just saying things like "crow," <laughs> all right, <laughs> like just random random throwaway right. lines that he's made quotable. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, it's going to be a very big thing in that last season, and yeah, they're smart it's be to a go very out. Big now. thing, July sixteenth or twenty sixth. Sixteenth uh, sounds right. It's yeah. very soon. Yeah. It's very very soon. Right. Alec Baldwin has said he is indeed coming back to play Trump on SNL next season. Yeah. Which seems odd. It seems strange because he like made a big thing about how I'm only going to do this a couple more times. And we seemed, uh, we seemed right to assume. Because they, they did the president show on comedy. You're right. That's he exactly resents why. this show. Yeah. He, he resents 
uh, Anthony Adamaniak. Yep. And he, in fact, I think he resents all other Trump impressionists, which is dumb because there's yep. going to be many. Well, and I think Lorne Michaels resents Adam, or uh, is it Adam? No. Anthony. Anthony Adamaniak. Yeah. Because he definitely was the next in line to play Trump. And then he, he said, nope, not going to do it. I'm going to start my own thing on Comedy Central you or think, Comedy Central. I definitely think you so. You think that he could have played the president on Saturday Night Live during the Trump presidency, and instead he took a weird experimental show on Comedy Central? Alec Baldwin said he didn't want to do it. Adamaniak. Alec Baldwin said he didn't want to do it. Alec Baldwin said Alec Baldwin didn't want to do it. Yes. Well, I know. I find it. I find, I, I'm sure they're backing up a Brinks truck for him. Yeah. They're making because totally. he's got little kids. He's established. He doesn't need this, although it's pretty good for his brand. He's looked right. pretty cool in the last little while. Uh, he made a comment on Fallon the other night about how it's not even that good of an impression. And I kind of agree, but that's, that's just the fruit-like um, uh, lifespan of an impression, especially one that's done so often, is that it kind of rots over time and it becomes the character version that you're doing. Right. Like uh, Will Ferrell's George Bush wasn't George Bush anymore. It was Will Ferrell doing George right. Bush. Now Donald Trump has become such a, uh, 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 yeah, because of what Alec Baldwin and does. It, I mean, I really love watching it. There's part of me that would like to see uh, four different Trumps over four years on Saturday Night Live, but that's a cool. big risk because Alec Baldwin was so good for ratings. Well, who did who did uh, W. Bush? It was Will Forte. It was uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell first, I Will, think. It was Farrell Forte, Hammond. Probably. Uh, his, his Clinton was his big one, but yeah, yeah, probably. And I think there was like one or two others. Don't forget Fred Armisen played Obama for the first yeah, term. Yeah, that's so awkward. It is, but at least they didn't put him in blackface. No. <laughs> at just, least they didn't do that. Yeah. It worked somehow. Yeah, they didn't put him on blackface. They just put on black hair. Yeah, no, you. it wouldn't work now. It hasn't been that long. It's only been like five years since Fred Armisen played Obama on SNL. Right. And it wouldn't work now. But it feels like a lot has changed. Yeah. 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 It wouldn't work now. Yeah. Shout out to the guy at the paint store who looked exactly like Pete Davidson this week. No way. Yeah. Like, Was it exactly maybe Pete like, Davidson? Uh, possibly. He had a cigarette over his ear. I felt that was pretty Pete Davidson-y. And he that sounded is, like him. That is very like... Pete, Pete Davidson seems like um, a hillbilly from like from new york like yeah. there's there's like a hick quality to right. it well yeah he's because i think he's from long island or well i guess yeah he's probably from like yeah maybe he's from queens or long island or like one of those yeah i don't know he's had a weird life i think mm-hmm. i think so too he gave up drugs yeah that was his thing i this thought year. that was gonna be i thought he was gonna get into saturday night live a little bit more but he was barely on any sketches this year well his first uh desk bit on update after that was in the news, right? He was talked. He, he was noticeably nervous. Oh, he was sweaty. Yeah, right. He like he did fine, but he was not himself. He it's kind of like, like how Steve-O from Jackass didn't really do anything after, or he was super scared to do stuff. And yeah. In the third movie, they explored that, right? Because he said, "This is the first time that I'm not high doing Jackass." What's stuff, crazy so to I'm me, scared. and it's just the 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 naivete of a person who doesn't do drugs. But what's crazy to me is that. Pete Davidson was on SNL a couple of years, mm-hmm. perfectly comfortable going on Saturday Night Live right. on drugs. Yeah. That, what a crazy th- thought to me. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. 
Some people need it. Yeah, I guess. I d- or think they need it. I think they say. need it. I mean, I hope he's okay. Definitely. The only other, uh, the only other note I have here, pop culturally, it's old news and it doesn't matter. Uh, but Girl Boss got canceled. That oh, show did Girl it? Boss that we watched. Good. I watched the whole damn season. Did I you? I don't know why. It wasn't good. But but the the characters in it were good, except for her. She, who was uh, really no? Good. I don't agree. With oh, you that. don't think so? you did no. at the time, uh, and I only watched. Yeah, but who were the other characters in it? She just, had her just best like, friend. And Johnny Simmons, who played her boyfriend. No, it was all like the bit parts that were. Yeah, funny. but Jim Rash wasn't in it enough for it to matter, and RuPaul wasn't in it enough for it to matter. No. Uh, okay, I didn't see any of it, so I mean, I saw like two episodes. Yeah, no, it was dumb. Like she was the most developed character, and she was heinous. She right. was hateful. Yeah. It's also not a good story because apparently the real Sophia Amoruso Went is a, a terrible lady, and like. They've filed for Chapter 11, and this company's not successful. So you're, like, watching... I mean, it has been successful, but, like, you're watching this, like, rise to sensation of yeah. this company that you know is doomed to be a calamity because of her ego. Yeah. So it's not... It was it was not built to last. Did uh, Did you read any more about the Thomas Middleditch uh, beef with um, TJ Miller? I didn't read anything. You're the only one who knows anything about this. I'm... Well, I'm, in the world, yeah, I was including TJ Miller in this in room, probably. Yeah. So there's been some claims that they, he, that Thomas Middleditch was the reason that TJ Miller left, and that there was two big personalities. Mm-hmm. And someone asked Thomas Middleditch, "Hey, uh, people are saying that the reason TJ Miller left is because he's too much of a big personality." And Thomas Middleditch kind of laughed and said, Haha, "Yeah, a big personality. I guess you could say that." And then, that does sound loaded. Yeah, and then yeah. T.J. Miller said something like, "You know, I'm not going to stick around on the show as a comedian, begging for more funny lines, uh, hoping that I, you know, can lead the show in a certain direction. I'm not Thomas Middleditch." I don't know. That doesn't sound as snarky as what Middleditch said. Honestly, that kind of yeah. that could be just. And I didn't hear the context. Yeah. I didn't hear the tone. But that could just be. I just read it too. That that could just be. I'm I'm not the person on this show on on whom they've placed the burden of lead. I took it more as T.J. Miller being the one who's speaking out about it all the time. And then there was like one line that was like the one thing I think Thomas Middleditch said. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah. Super weird. I mean, it's sad. It's it, disappointing. Yeah, it makes yeah. me. It makes me. It was on my moving day that I read this, and I kind of thought about it multiple times that day. Like, no. Yeah, that's kind of. I, I kind of get it though. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get the impression from T.J. Miller, and I do respect him. I do think he's very talented and and kind of brilliant in his own way. Yeah. I don't think I'd like him at all. Sure. I There's kinda, so many I kinda, people kinda, like that. Yeah, I kind of get the impression that he and I would never be friends. Right. Um, but I think I think maybe me and Middleditch could be friends, or maybe he and I are too similar. Right. But at the same time, Thomas Middleditch, I think, is like good friends with other people on the show, like Kumail. Yeah. Oh my God, it would hurt my feelings more than anyone on the show if people didn't get along with Kumail or yeah. if he didn't get along with somebody else. Sure. Yeah. So I think I don't know. I feel like with that, but they all like they all call him. They have like some kind of pet name for T.J. Miller too. They call him Tiwi. I've heard that on Comedy Bang Bang before. Like, Tiwi couldn't be here. And uh, it's so, it's so, they mentioned it multiple times. Yeah, he doesn't really come on the panel things for, for Silicon Valley. He never no. really has. No. Like when they do Bang Bang so or whatever. That was kind of strike one for me. Uh, not strike one, but kind of like. He's, he's never necessarily felt 
like part of the in crowd on that show. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading into it a whole lot, but that's what but I do. But people are reading into it. I'm not really sure why. But people, uh, the stars of shows or the 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 second tier stars of shows leave shows all the time, and it's not a big thing. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, people are not comfortable accepting that he just left because he thought it was right. Like he, for a long time now, he's been going out there saying, "Look, I think it's just the right thing for the character. It's time. It's good for my career, and it's yeah. the show can can evolve from this." Like he said all the right diplomatic things. Totally. And and he also said things like, you know, I think guys like Thomas Middleditch, like, like just take over the show. You're amazing. Do your and thing. he's and he said, like Mike Judge is a genius. Right. It, it will be good for him. Apparently, there was another person working under Mike Judge that he didn't get along with. Okay. And he's made that clear. You too. mean TJ? No, no. So, sorry, like another producer that's kind of like on the Mike Judge level. Okay. Like producer, I think. Right. Some HBO guy or something. Yeah. 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 So I, I found it strange that he was being so diplomatic and saying all the things you're supposed to say in the press to Larry King or whomever, yeah, uh, Chris Hardwick, and yet people on Reddit just did not want to accept that it was an amicable yeah. uh, split. And maybe they were right. Maybe they saw something I didn't see. We'll we'll know about it in the VH1 special twenty years from now when they do the Silicon Valley E True Hollywood <laughs> story. Yeah. I'll catch it on stars. Could you I guess I'll catch it on E. Event <laughs> <laughs> on Netflix. Yeah. The E yeah, True Hollywood should, Honestly, they should put Netflix. up a bunch of E True Hollywood stories on Netflix. Oh man, I'd, I'd watch that shit. So much time on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Can't get that shit on YouTube anymore. You used to be able to Remember when you could watch every show on YouTube? Yes. It was a t- Before even you, they were so guarded about it. Like, like you 2007. Had to, you usually had to watch them in like three acts. Like they would be split into yeah. three 7-minute videos. Yeah. But that was a small price to pay. Totally. Yeah. I'll watch, sure, I'll watch the first season of Eastbound and Down on YouTube. Yeah, I definitely watched through all of Boy Meets World on YouTube. <laughs> like, well into my adolescence. That, yeah, there was a few things. I remember guides to YouTube being like, these shows all exist on YouTube if you want to check them out. Well, and I back in the day with YouTube, video your, your video wasn't allowed to be more than 10 minutes. And right. then they upped it to 15. And now it can be as long as you want. Like, I have a YouTube video. My one YouTube video is my audiobook, and it's almost three hours long. Yeah. It's just in one file. Oh, yeah. Of course. I'm going to start production on my second audiobook this week. Really? Tomorrow night. I'm going to do it. Tomorrow night. I'm going to sit in here and record a chapter. Be a shame if something happened. <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> Yes, it would. I'm like, I better post this right now. <laughs> if, all so the mics, if all the mics broke. <laughs> and it ended up taking over the podcast. Oh, so, so you're not. So now you only want to record your audiobooks and you never want to have Selene over anymore to talk about shows. So just to be clear, you're not threatening my life, just my mics. Well, depends how far it goes. What's the difference, really? Yeah. It's a fine line. Yeah. My life or my mics. You uh, can't take either. Uh, take my mics. <laughs> take my wife. <laughs> take my Wi Fi. Do you think that's a good Wi Fi uh, name? Yeah, or tell my wife I love her. Tell my Wi Fi I love her? Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good one that I can change my Wi-Fi to. Oh, yeah. There are whole, like, chat boards where you can go to get ideas for yeah. what makes a funny Wi-Fi name. I don't really want to get an idea. I just want to come up with it myself. Okay, let's talk this out. What are some yeah. other uh, network or Wi-Fi-related words? Okay, well, thing one, I live on a street called Joffrey Street, so I feel like there's an obvious Game of Thrones pun. Yeah, there probably is. Maybe I shouldn't say that on the podcast, but... Yeah, jo- he lives in Joffrey Street, Moncton, New Brunswick. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, so there's that. There's like, yeah, take my Wi-Fi. There's Wi-Fi when you can something. I don't well, know. Well, that's kind of funny. You know, uh, there's yeah. 
There's a few different ones. Inter. Uh, Pretty Fly for a Wi-Fi is one that I've heard right. before, but I've that's seen, not ours. That's that someone before. else's. Yeah. Um, Wi-Fi. Life. Wife. Wi-Fi's. Wi. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> that's not bad. I was gonna say Wi-Fi. Therefore, I am. Yeah, that was existential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the plane I'm on. I like uh, it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it could be something with internet too. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Slaney social network. Maybe I'll think of a a list. I'll brainstorm a list. Yeah, get make a bracket. Get and it all out there, and possibly change it for next week's show. And yeah. come, to, come to you with a full Cause, list. Because otherwise people will come to Joffrey Street and start using your Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, am I going to tell them the password? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm just going to tell them the name. Yeah. I'm not going to make a clever password and have, <laughs> have it like Bell 376. Uh, <laughs> Insert clever password here. All right, listeners. I almost had you. I, I, <laughs> we almost had it worked out and then you foiled us again. Everyone could just go to Joffrey Street. And... Shall we talk about TV shows? Yes, we're so it. far into this podcast. How far are we? Like forty minutes in? Yep. Actually, yep. On the dot. No, I don't know exactly because I started recording before you got here and then oh, okay. cut out the, the beginning. But uh, roughly about forty minutes. Sure. I, I like talking about the news more than I like talking about shows now. You're right. It's just a lead-in. Yeah. To well, I mean, yeah. Well, it's like it's, it's like it's like point. the monologue and the desk bit before Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, and Michelle Williams come out later on. What are we referencing right now? <laughs> like the Tonight Show. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. I said monologue. I figured you'd figure that sure. out. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So those are just the guests on the Tonight Show that particular night? Yeah. I think I have to swap them though. <laughs> <laughs> you used the two like Michelle Williams? Yeah. Would she go before Is she like a Morgan? perennial late night star? No. I just wanted to pick two people who might go on the Tonight Show. <laughs> what about like uh, Tom Hanks and... And whoa, John, what is this? A Monday, Johnny Depp. <laughs> it's a big show. Yeah, hey, come on. Why not? No, if we if we have Tom Hanks and Johnny Depp on the podcast, we'll skip the news. <laughs> It'll just be... we don't need to talk about girl boss before we get to Hanks. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, uh, well, Tom Hanks is great, though. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. Really? Do tell. No. No one it is your it is your turn to pick which show. Not until he Cosby's out. Uh, oh my god! Can you imagine? Yeah, wouldn't that be? No, terrible? there were plenty of warning signs for Cosby. Cosby was an asshole his whole life. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, okay, it's my turn to pick. It's your turn to pick. This is the uh, the show show in which we are covering. Uh, both are brand new programs. Both are period pieces exploring the behind the scenes nature and sometimes gritty nature of the entertainment business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it bad that I don't remember characters' names from either show? It's going to be tough to say actors' names because you only know a couple actors in either of these shows by their names. Yeah, I think I know the main actor in the certain show that I think I'm going to choose more than the other. So, okay, so for just, that reason, just, I'll just uh, reference them as Use, use actors' actor names. Name. You, you can give them nicknames. I don't care. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I'll get your timer ready. Cool. Uh, hey, what show are you going to recap for us? I'm going to do Glow, the Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. All right. You may start your recap of Glow in three, two, one, go. 
Okay, so Alison Brie is a struggling actor and she's looking for any break she can get. She's like Shakespearean trained, but just can't catch a break. Um, she ends up stumbling onto a wrestling audition through one of the uh, uh, bad auditions that she had with a manager and ends up going to audition for Mark Marin, who is like a failed producer. And he's trying to, she's also having an affair uh, with her best friend's husband. Uh, and she's also working on trying to become a wrestling star. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, no. th- I, I, th- I was really scared you were going to forget about the affair. No, the affair was very essential to the show, I think. That really hurt my feelings yeah. when that happened. I was like, oh, fuck, I really liked her friend. And it was a twist. It was a twist. It was definitely a twist. It was. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool show. I, yeah, I've watched eight of them. Oh, did you? I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah. No way. It's really good. The, isn't the music amazing? The, the yeah. music is fun to me because it's just so quintessential, like, f- like, like Q104 flashbacks. You know, I totally agree. Like Legs by ZZ Top or something. Yeah. They play something that like really feels like the era, but it doesn't like they're leaning. It doesn't feel like they're leaning into the skid. No, they're, they're not, not. They're not playing like, like Back in Black. They're not playing the obvious Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Right. As if it's not clear it's the 80s. Right. Yeah, right? exactly. Even even like the first song. Uh, well, the the opening credit song. I, for, I forget who it's by. That's only in the first episode. I don't remember. Oh, even. really? It's okay. a really quick intro every yeah, other episode. Yeah. But that that left a lasting impression to me. And then the final scene, they also have a song. I forget what song it is now, but it was like very telling of the era. Yeah. Because it wasn't like a perfect, you know, like I say, like ACDC back in black or some something that like existed around like 78 to 83. Not to get off the topic of this show so quickly, but I do have to point out, Becky and I just watched the first episode of Anne. The new Anne of Green Gables show. Okay. So the CBC made this new Anne of Green Gables show, and it's on Netflix in the states as Anne with an E. Okay. And it's 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 like they didn't adjust anything major about the series, except that the theme song is the tragically hips ahead by a century, and it feels very out of place. So in Canada, it's ahead by a century, and in the no, states- it is in general. It's just so weird that it's this like 1992 alternative rock song for this show about rural farming a hundred years ago (laughs) and somehow she was ahead by a century i guess that's the point i guess i guess that's what it was she was like the first modern woman is anna green gables also do you know what a gable is architecturally speaking no it's the point it's the it's it's a it's the portion of a wall Mm -hmm. at which uh it meets the roof and goes up so like when you see a dormer on a house Mm -hmm. like a pointed roof that little corner on the wall is called the gable okay uh, so on Green Gables, they're green. In the show, they're white. So <laughs> so they did kind of have an oversight there. Right. <laughs> that the, in that the gables aren't green. That's so interesting. I knew nothing about this. It wasn't that good. I know this nah. is kind of a faux pas, but I kind of can't stand Anne. Neither she's, can I. She's kind of the worst. I was going to say, when you said we watched the first episode, I said, that sounds awful. Yeah. Because any, and, and Jen's into it too, because I hate it, so she would be into it. Yeah. Um, but... Any Anne of Green Gables stuff, I'm like, I like why would you I ever like, get into I like it? the the old lady who adopts her, like the kind of mean lady. I think she's all right. Because <laughs> she's being mean to the yeah, titular character. Yeah, but I'm just character. like, Anne, it's just like, when she says stuff like, like, like she, I don't know, she spills her milk and she's like, this fills me with despair. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stand it. It's terrible. <laughs> Is this supposed to be that funny? Is this supposed to be the reaction that happens? I didn't laugh when I watched it. I'm laughing it now in hindsight, but yeah. it's it, anyway. Back to Glow because Glow is a good show. Sure. 
yeah i i i thought it's i thought it's really fun and i thought that they really nailed the the aesthetic of it yeah without mocking it too much i mean it's pretty out there yeah what do you think of marin i thought he was like perfect for the role he basically just played himself and he said that he had the actually it might have been jenji cohen on the podcast a couple of weeks ago yeah talking about how they didn't necessarily write the part for him but once they saw him, it, the search was over. They're like, yeah. oh, this is all, this is perfect. Right. And he only really was interested because it wasn't that far-reaching. Like, I think he's, he really respects actors, and he uh, didn't want to get in over his head as an actor. He figured, right. I'll take something that I can handle. And they, they say, look, this character is like kind of a, a drug-addled, career-failed artist. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can play that guy. <laughs> what I was wondering, did he find it weird for the, like, the drug use in the show? I wondered about that, too. Yeah. No, I think he actually kind of... Uh, he kind of jumped at that opportunity because like he was like oh I think he was able to tell the production a little bit more than they knew already right like sure. oh this guy would would use one of these straws and he would use this nostril like he was able right. to tell them like stuff that anyway it it gave the those sequences a certain authenticity sure that another actor who doesn't have that experience with drugs might not be able to I believe that to what, bring what was the Marin episode with Alison Brie like it was pretty cool. I think she's been on before. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's been on this kick of, of having people who worked on the show. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Chavo Guerrera Jr. was on this week. Who's like their... He's the son of some wrestling legend, I guess. And he was their... Like Eddie uh, Guerrero? I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I don't know. Sure. He, he's... I think Chavo Guerrero was his father. Anyway, oh, right. He's... Um, Jr. <laughs> yeah. He's the uh, the fight coordinator on the show. He's like the choreographer right. he, of he the wrestling. He looked like he was a legit wrestler. Um. And so, yeah, Alison Brie and Betty Gilpin were on together, and it was really good. Like, Alison Brie's very, she's very charming. Mm-hmm. I can sometimes find her to be a little over the top, a little yeah. extra, as the kids today would say, okay. on uh, on talk shows. But she was very, she's genuine and sweet. A little extra? Is have you not, have you not noticed that the word extra has taken on a new definition? It's got, like, this new hipster definition. It's like a thing that you say when something is kind of like... Uh, Pushing it a little, a little over the top. Really? Yeah, this is so extra. No. Yeah, that's a thing I've been seeing a lot. Okay, I'm going to look out for it. Yeah. Yeah, my brother's girlfriend used that word recently, and I was like, can I just stop you for a second? I'm not going to chastise you, but I need to ask you about this. Right. I should know. I should know what's in the Zet guys because yeah. I'm a radio announcer. Right. Well, I don't intend to say extra. You in should. A way, in a way that's not ironic. Uh, but it's really picked up. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of notes on Glow. I watched it like almost two weeks ago. I watched mm-hmm. it when it came out, so right. uh, I, I didn't take any notes while watching it. And it's hard to think of anything uh, retrospectively. That twist was kind of a kind of a, a gut punch. Th- that was good. I like the way they used the scene where Mark Maron was imagining, like where he yeah. they were kind of having a fake cat fight. Yeah, or a real cat. No, it was fight. a real cat fight. But in his mind, he just saw the full glitz and glam of envisioning like the heel what it could versus be. the hero. And yeah, yeah, that I, was really fun. I guess Allison Bree's road to being in the show was not dissimilar from Ruth's. Oh, like, really? Like she they they didn't they didn't want to see her for the role, and it, it kind of makes sense. You really see it in the pilot, and you see it moving forward as well. The character's not really written for someone as sexy as Allison Bree, right? Like because they say. In the first episode, I you know I don't know if you're supposed to be hot. I don't know if you're supposed like I don't know what your face is saying. Which which I see, I, I I get that. I mean, she's not she doesn't look like Blake Lively, but right. she, but she can. Right. We know that she can. Yeah. Um, and so it's odd that especially since she's kind of a sex symbol. Yeah. 
Uh, it's odd when they make jokes like she's the ugly one, mm-hmm. especially considering the misfit uh, image of some of the women in the show. Sure. Um, but they didn't want to see her for that reason, I guess. And she fought for it and she was basically a Ruth about it. She was like, no, I want this part. It's a great part. They don't make enough great parts for women. Right. And she's right. And she got it. And obviously she she's given her mm-hmm. on this show. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was like a... It, as much of a drama as it is, it was kind of like a, a fun show to watch. Oh, there's some good laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think it was that... I didn't think it was... You know, it it almost had a similar tone to something like Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, that's fair. You know, where the, it had consistent kind of giggles throughout, but there were some serious issues at hand. Or honestly, even like First Season Orange is the New Black, which I'm definitely way yeah. over, but it's the same people who put it together, so it's an right. obvious comparison to draw. Yeah. I haven't been able to get through that new season latest season i've only seen like three or four episodes of it i couldn't care less hopefully they cut it off pretty soon i don't think they plan to hopefully they cut glow off at like the three season mark man i love that shit yeah i love the leftovers like or bloodline although i think Mm -hmm. bloodline kind of suffered in its last season oh really its reviews were like really atrocious in its Uh, final season yeah it's too bad it's too bad when you're trying to wrap something up so hard that (laughs) that it just doesn't quite work the way it's, that you want it to. We we talked about about uh, the nature of, of period shows on the last podcast when we talked about that 70s mm-hmm. show, and we got another one coming up. Is is nostalgia for nostalgia's sake kind of unhealthy? Like we're, like we're really only is is a part of the reason we're making these shows. Definitely, the next show we're going to talk about was just made for the sake of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. At least in the case of Glow, that was the era in which the original Glow actually took place. Sure. So, so sure, we kind of have to make it set in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but but for that matter, it could be held today and it would be the exact same thing. You could have a glorious ladies of wrestling or a female wrestling thing. I guess, except for that the world of television is very different. Like I think Glow came around because there was nothing else on TV. Oh, really? I think. See, I didn't watch the other seven episodes, so I, I haven't heard that be addressed. I think. I don't really know, to be honest. I may have okay. just made that up. Sure. But it's justified in being set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That 70s show, while a wonderful show, was just made for nostalgia's purpose. Like it was just, I, I mean, that's just how they decided to dress the stage, and it didn't sure. really define the show that much. Like there were certain episodes of that 70s show that like did not reference it being the 70s at all besides the costume no and even when like eric wanted to wait in line overnight for sticks tickets it wasn't about sticks no it was about being a teenager right um but when you make something that's about uh a gone by time Mm -hmm. and there's not really any other reason for it to exist isn't that kind of unhealthy to just live in the past yeah i don't know i think I don't know. It's this, a, this is a better question for the next show we're going to talk about. It. Sure. Uh, is it healthy to live in the past? I don't know if it's necessarily even living in the past. To, to me, I, I would like to see a show about the 90s. Yeah, like, I know. You know, almost something like a Freaks and Geeks style kind of show, but in the 90s. Or that 90s show. I mean, I know that, that 80s, 80s show, show is terrible, but if but, you brought back the cast. But you don't even need to call it that 90s show, and you don't need to involve the 90s uh, or the the 70s show crew at all. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a gag. It can just be a show that happens to be in the 90s. Right. Well, there's a new show on Netflix that's coming up pretty soon. We'll probably do it on the podcast. I think it's called Everything Sucks. Okay, and that sounds like a show that's supposed to be in the 90s. And it's set in the 90s. It's it's being kind of called the Freaks and Geeks of the 90s. Right. 
And my so-called life was kind of the show that I think spurred on shows like. And I think I said a couple of weeks ago, Clueless was a, a wonderful example of this thing that, I mean, it was set in the '90s because it was made in the '90s, but it looks like it's lampooning the '90s, right? Which is so weird to me. That's that's so. That's that 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 is all I can notice when I watch that movie. Is, yeah, is the the self awareness of it. Right. I kind of think Broad City is a show like that. That will. That when you watch it, you kind of think immediately. Yeah, this is something that is very defining of the time. I think Girls could have been that if it wasn't so up its own ass. Right. And I've called Broad City the funny girls. And Girls is kind of supposed to be funny. I've never watched Broad City, though. Isn't it a sketch show? No, no, not at all. So they play characters. Yeah. I'm more interested now. It's kind of like like a combination of uh, like 10% girls and 90% workaholics Hmm. um, with... There's an element of something else that I'm missing, but I'm not quite sure what it is. But you should definitely watch it. That is more interesting. Yeah, I'm more into that for sure. Yeah, it's it's got a a, a canon to it. They, I won't give anything away. You think you're probably going to watch more girls or or glow rather? I'll watch more glow. I yeah. think I think you should. Yeah, um, they have an episode uh, later on in the series which involves uh, Planned Parenthood. That's oh. all. That's all I'll say. Anyway, um, I guess Planned Parenthood themselves have. Uh, uh, spoken up and they've said they really appreciated glow's depiction of planned parenthood in it they're cool. like oh by the way this planned parenthood episode was awesome really they did a good job with it wow cool. and i guess i agree i didn't think it was that significant but sure. it definitely wasn't like a bad thing right someone in the organization they're like wow that's so meaningful yeah which i think it would be especially in these trying times <laughs> that's right these trying times anything else you wanted to say about about glow it's i feel bad i feel like i'm not really doing it justice because i am a fan and i definitely give it my s i think it's good i was excited and it was what i hoped it would be right yeah uh yeah i thought it was i thought it was fun it had a cool twist it had good acting it had uh some funny comedy action scenes yeah <laughs> I, was, I was on board i mean i will say it's a bit of a slow burn like not a whole lot happens in the first episode first season sure uh and i haven't seen the last two yet you're not sitting on the edge of your seat at all they're not like celebrities by the end of the season or anything right it's still they're still kind of working towards that but gotcha. i mean they might they might come back it seems like they probably are going to try and do that cool so yeah two s's for glow there you go uh and there you glow so you are going to cover the next show the next show is oh boy i don't even know what network this show is on showtime the showtime show called i'm dying up here give me a countdown all right this is what happens in the pilot (laughs) you can already tell sweet's thoughts on it it's gonna come in three two one go it follows a fictional 70s depiction of stand-up comedy in los angeles uh, the main character at least appears to be this guy, uh, Clay, who is probably the top dog at this, at this comedy place. In fact, he goes on Johnny Carson. Everybody wants him. Uh, everybody wants to see how he does. He actually does amazing. Although it turns out he's quite depressed and he ends up stepping out in front of a bus and killing himself. The rest of the episode is basically about his friends, the comedians, dealing with how they're going to go on in the comedy world without him. 
Yeah. That doesn't really cover the second half of the episode. Well, it's tough because there was a lot going on. It was a really long episode. Like, There's a lot in there. I felt like I was watching it for two hours. There was the whole thing about the, and forgive me, I don't know his name or any other characteristics about him, but mm-hmm. the, the black guy mm-hmm. who, uh, what, what was his tie to the church? Why did he have to go be a sex slave I for those felt, priests? I felt like one of the agents said, yeah, we'll get you in the clubs, but first you need to kind of like, you know, pleasure yourself in front of like did dying you, cardinals. Did you notice that main? <laughs> it was very out of place for the rest of the show. Did you notice that main priest was Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell? Thank you. Yeah. Je- okay, so as the credits were rolling, Jen just walked in the room and I saw the credits and I said, I think that just said Dennis Haskins, Mr. <laughs> Belding yeah. from Saved by the Bell. And Jen said, he's fat now, there's, though. There's no way that Mr. Belding was in that show. And I said, <laughs> what? And she was like, well, he was kind of a comedy symbol. And I did his fake laugh from, from Saved by the Bell, which is kind of like, <laughs> like, like a very kind of sure. goofy, effeminate laugh. Okay. Uh, and I kind of drove over here wondering if he was actually in that show at all. And he was the main priest. It's totally him. He's pretty fat now, though. Okay, I'm going to Google it. What did you think of this show? Honestly, you know, I thought it was an okay watch. I was just so happy to sit down at the end today that I could have sat down forever and just watched whatever was on TV. Yeah, but I thought it was a, I thought it was an interesting exploration. I like it's weird because I don't like prequels, and I kind of feel like sometimes shows set far back are kind of like I, I really fell sure. out with Boardwalk. You Empire. know where we're going. Yeah, yeah, but you know that alcohol is legal again. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we're gonna get there. Yeah. Um, but for this show, I, I thought it was you know I'd give it like a like a B. I I, I give it I give it like a C minus. But yeah. But with the opportunity to improve, I just I think maybe it was just a, a bloated pilot. I think that was my problem right. with it. And the other the other big criticism I have is that it just takes itself so damn seriously. That's true. It's just like, and I love comedy, and I truly <laughs> believe that, that comedy is like a service, and I think that it's like like an important uh, art form, and I think that there's there's pain in comedy. Yeah. Of course I think that. Right. But it doesn't work if the comedians remind us of that. It doesn't, if you know what? Like someone like Jim Carrey who produced this show and apparently developed a lot of it has to go up there and say, by the way, we're the last existing form of honesty in this crazy world. Right. You should praise us for it. Okay, I'm going to bump my rating from a B minus down to a C plus because of the line that the like show club owner who's supposed to be like Polly Shore's mom, I guess that's who it's based on. You mean on. Mitzi Shore? Sure, Mitzi <laughs> Shore. I've, I've legendary never seen her. comedy store owner. Yeah, but Polly I've, Shore's but mom. I've, but I've never seen her in person, so I don't know what she's supposed. Her name's to be Goldie like. in the show, right? But she's definitely a fictionalized version of Mitzi Shore. Sure. Yeah. So who gave like Richard Pryor his start? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so the line that really killed me was when John Daly in the show says. Should I call a church or something? And she just turns dramatically to the camera and she says, We're Fuck in no, one. we're in one. It's on my page. <laughs> yeah. That was a that at that point I I was like, I bet this is where our sweets turn the show off. Yeah. Because no. you said you only got through half of it and then you said No, you I did I did finish it. I right. did finish it. But it's I, I wrote that line down. It's the second note I have. Yeah. It's that, that's because her 
her comedy club is a church. That's so obnoxious. Right. That was that was where I, I agree that it definitely does take itself too seriously. There was many things in it that took themselves too seriously. Yeah. But I don't know. I, like I, I got through it. It's I kind of a shame. It. It's kind of a shame. Like I, I, I think that it's good inciting action that this guy Clay uh, is dead. If it was a suicide, and it's never like totally clear in the episode if he killed himself, but his ex girlfriend Cassie, who seems to be the most broken up about it, mm-hmm. aside from his parents, I guess, uh, but she's kind of the most affected by it because she's still so green and discovering the world. Uh, she's pretty confident it was a suicide, right? Um, and the father, the other thing that the father saying, "I'm looking through you, and you're all like kids." Yeah. That was you're all that kids. was such a lame metaphor for civilians don't understand. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. I know. And also the the uh, uh, kind of insecurity of the comedians that I'll just kind of like look around at that point. Like maybe we are just kids. Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably like an imposter syndrome thing with comedians and there's definitely a, a tortured artist. Like they, the, the Goldie character does very burpy, excuse me, does discuss that about that character clay. And like, I think it's cool if there's a show that, that explores the idea of, of depression behind comedy Mm -hmm. but we don't know this guy clay like all we did we we saw him in their words kill on carson right like that's all we saw yeah so we don't really know (laughs) and it was like the weakest thing ever it it doesn't hurt like robin williams hurt because like we watched him for 30 years be joyous it almost would have been better if he was kind of a robin williams style character right but clay was just like kind of depressive even on stage yeah and was not you know i i know we were talking a little bit about how sometimes like whether or not these shows work if the actual comedy in it isn't good but yeah it's hard when you can't really buy that this person was a really talented comedian that's that's a a complaint a lot of people still have about studio 60 and i i you disagree with studio 60 well i I wasn't a big part of the i mean i'm an exception because i've just like i've watched that show so many times and i think that it's it, it, things aren't made for individual people, mm. uh, but if there is a fate, the only reason Studio 60 was made was to make me happy. True. <laughs> Truly. Like, there's nobody in the world who has been brought more joy by Studio right. 60 than me. It's just perfect for mm. me. Um, That's your simulation theory uh, I guess. quandary. I guess. Yeah. Was this show just made for me? I think. I yeah. think on some level I think that, which mm. is so narcissistic. It's crazy. It's like how when we did our first load of laundry the other day, the washing machine got locked for 48 hours yeah. and we had to pry it open and we're now paying for it. And that is the only thing to, to me, like it, it has to be simulation theory. Are you ever, uh, uh, why is this always happening to me kind of person? Cause I can, I can be guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, I, I think so. And that's, that's what I mean when I say simulation theory, like, Oh my God, I just bought a house. And now like, there was also a, a headline the other day that said inflation rates are about to rise for the first time in seven years. No, not inflation rates. Uh, interest rates are about to rise for the first time in seven years. No, seriously, they are this time. Oh lord! And I'm like, oh, like that's especially God. that that subline was speaking specifically to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because our mortgage specialist specifically said, you know, it hasn't rise, it hasn't risen in seven years, right. but there's a chance that it could. <laughs> although. 
It probably won't. Oh, God. So that's how I feel about Studio 60. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I feel the same way. And people still bring it up occasionally. Like Bill Simmons. I've heard Bill Simmons bring up Studio 60 a few times. And maybe it's just because of the pedigree of Aaron Sorkin. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a big letdown for a lot of people. And the main criticism you see is that uh, I can't take these supposedly genius comedians seriously if the comedy they're doing in the show isn't funny right but they didn't do that much comedy on studio 60 there's a lot of levity in that show right they're good at banter right the way josh lyman and sam seaborn were in the west wing Mm -hmm. but there wasn't a lot of sketch comedy in that show on this show about stand-up comedians there's a lot of stand-up and that's the same thing with crashing i mean to be fair on in in crashing pete holmes was supposed to be a bad stand-up so that that and i think that's the same thing with kumail in the big sick he's supposed to be not as good oh, as okay. he is now because right. it's a long time ago yeah um so that kind of lets them off a, off the hook a little bit but like this guy clay wasn't that good no <laughs> based on what i saw right i know And by the way he's the winter soldier <laughs> he's the he is bucky rogers that yeah. was the foreshadowing that we were talking about earlier. not rogers bucky whatever he's not bucky rogers they're not brothers they're, not they're brothers? just best friends oh right yeah, yeah. bucky something he, what a weird guy. Like, was he in something when we were kids where he was Sebastian like Stan? I don't know. Sebastian Stan? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> a weird name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was... I probably won't follow through the whole season. And I thought Al Madrigal was going to be, like, a big part of the show. Possibly, like, a main character. He was just kind of like a like a racial stereotype. He was just kind of like... He, well, he was supposed to be, like, the the Freddie Prince-style character. Yeah. But he was only in it for two seconds. And in one scene, he was on acid. You're right. He, you're was right. he was barely in it. I think he might be a producer on the show. Maybe he is. Jim Carrey's really, the, like, the draw to it. Yeah. He's not... I don't know if he has anything to do with it. He was on Howard talking about it, and Howard asked, like, did you write it? And he's like, well, like, I go into the room, and, like, we talk about it, which basically means no. Right. No, I just yeah. sign off on it. But It's Al supposed Madrigal, to be based on his experiences, but I don't know. Man. Al Madrigal was talking about, yeah, you know, we were talking to Jim Carrey about how Jim Carrey and a bunch of other comedians in the 70s did uh, shrooms in the... Ho- the uh, or maybe it was acid in the comedy cellar which is apparently haunted and like they got some kind of cool stories out of that and yeah so maybe maybe like every different episode was a different story that jim carrey kind of told or like was spun out of some of the things that he said what about this premise we were talking about a moment ago about uh nostalgia for nostalgia's sake it just kind of seems like jim carrey signed on to this because it reminded him of mitzi in the comedy store in the 70s right and not because it was urgent or or frankly, even relevant anymore. Like yeah. comedy is, like there's still stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. There's not uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling anymore. There's still a very active, in fact, very fertile stand-up comedy totally. uh, universe right now. But it doesn't work anymore that if you get on The Tonight Show, you get a sitcom next year. Right. Next pilot season, you're Bill Cosby. Right. It doesn't work like that anymore. No. If anything, you get another Netflix special. Yeah, and then more people know you than probably would know you. Look, I'm st- I'm sure it's still exciting when you get to go on the Tonight Show for the first time. Totally, but it's not it's not like uh, uh, Johnny waved you over to the couch. Right, you're set for life. Right, yeah. Buy your dream home in Malibu. It's mm-hmm. over. Yeah, I don't think it's like that anymore. What did you think about the guy they had playing uh, Johnny Carson? By the way, it was very weird because like <laughs> it was it. I think Dylan Baker is his name. Yeah. Um, 
Which he's like a very good uh, character, character actor. actor. He's been around a long time. Totally. He's he was in the Americans and was great in it. But I, I kind of thought I kind of thought they were calling the show the Tonight Show, but they were doing like a like not Johnny Carson. Right. Like this is a fictional world where sure. his name is James Cranston or like he yeah. like and that would be fine with me right. the same way they picked Goldie instead of Mitzi. Right. Uh, but then they called him Johnny and I was like that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and then they called him Carson later, and I was oh, like, yeah. and I was like, oh, he, he was, was he, he was Johnny Carson, I guess. Right. He was straight up Johnny Carson, <laughs> but he wasn't well, was doing weird. an impression. They used the same music, they used the same curtain, they used yeah. everything. Yeah, but it kind of took me out of it for a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not that that was a big deal, but super weird casting. I think they maybe just said this is the biggest actor we can get, which is also possibly what they did with Bucky. Maybe. Clay. Maybe, except that, yeah, like, couldn't they have gotten a bigger name than Sebastian Stan? I mean, I guess he's a Winter Soldier, but like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I wish I knew how Hollywood. It's just a one worked. one shot deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I what mean, you, what did you think of this Cassie character? She's definitely the most interesting yes. character. But like, I don't care at all about those two guys from Boston. The, but, one, the guy from the office and the other guy. I don't care at all about them. No. I, I don't care about the ginger guy. He's just I, he's just the most punchable guy. Yeah. I hate that guy. I wonder if he's supposed to be. I was wondering about, with the cast character, what she was... Um, like, what the draw to her toward the end of the show was... was it funny because there was more truth in her comedy? Because she was being just as blue as she was before. Right. But... The owner was kind of like smirking about it, so it was they like, had oh, had a you previous truth. Into they had a previous and... conversation about how I don't know who you are. You're not being honest. You're not being yourself on stage. And when she went on stage, I was like, "Is she doing a character? Like, right. is this a fake voice?" Yeah. And then she started talking about Clay and how she was sad. And I I like that idea. I just don't think the writing was very good. Like towards the end, as the episode faded out, I thought it wasn't so bad. But I, all I could all I could stick with was. Just because she's being honest doesn't make this a good set. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, it, and, and that's what I thought. I, I thought this this is still as blue as she was being earlier in the show. Yeah. But, but Goldie was like giving her the raised eyebrow. Like, oh, come on. Well, she starts talking about like uh, her first date with Clay and like. She literally turns to the crowd and says, "You know what I'm talking about." It's <laughs> <laughs> like like the greatest bad stand-up cliche. Right. We're supposed to be impressed now. Right. The so only... anyway, like I thought the character was interesting more than anybody else. Yes. Because she showed the most humanity. That's true. Uh, which is kind of funny because the character wasn't able to show humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care about anybody else. If I watch again, I'll watch for her. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like that last scene. I didn't, and I don't blame her, the actress. I don't think that it was done. That that scene, I don't think they finished writing it. Right. Yeah, I yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't super impressed with the show overall. I guess I watched it all. I could probably watch it again if I was trapped in a room with only the box set of the first season. I would watch it all. Do you give it your S? Um, hmm. I don't. I think I'm only I only feel compelled to because I'm a big comedy fan. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's for very many. people. I'm always hesitant to say no because I like to give a show the benefit of the doubt. That's good of you, uh, especially where like you know you've seen the first episode of a lot of shows and and kept going and it got amazing. Yeah, but I feel like we had a good discussion about the show. Yeah, but no, 
I don't think I don't think I'm gonna give it give it the yes. You have a recommendation for Glow, not uh-huh. so much for I'm dying up here. Yeah, no. it's there's room room to glow for I'm dying up here. <laughs> It is kind of it's it is kind of interesting, and I guess this was probably deliberate that uh, they used literal death mm-hmm. uh, as an as an image in this show called "I'm Dying Up Here," and like the expression "I'm Dying Up Here." So much slang in comedy is existential, is about life and death and survival. Yeah. Oh, I killed right, you know, like oh, I died up there. Right, um, they're they're eating you alive. Right. It's like it's very they they use very like literally life and death Slained, terminology. Crushed, I killed. crushed, I killed. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess that's just the 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 whole premise of the show is to these people it is life and death, right? But even as a huge comedy fan, I'm rolling my eyes about that. <laughs> and it's also a church, and we're already in it. <sighs> Should I book a church? Fuck no, we're in one. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Goldie. Goldie, get over it. Yeah. God. Yeah, I know. It yeah, let's not give it the S. But if I watch any more episodes, I'll let you know. I probably won't. Okay. There's been a lot of shows that I have finished because of the show show. You've done a better job of keeping up with shows than me, no question. Well, I think I've been more interested, so I just Do you think that I'm more critical and you're I'm the Simon and you're the <laughs> the Randy? You're more open <laughs> to new shows. I'm just like, yeah, dog, keep it going. Dog <laughs> pal, what up? Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, I don't think that's necessarily no, it's it. it's not. But I don't think that you... Because we usually agree on whether or not a show is watchable. Mm-hmm. But you'll also watch a lot more old shows than I will. Like, you'll watch, you know, how many times have you watched episodes of Friends this year? Oh, it's brutal. I don't I don't watch Friends so much, but um, yeah, I rewatch like Parks and Rec and... Totally. I don't, I don't do that really anymore. Yeah, I used I to do it a lot. I'm a big rerun person for sure. Yeah. Studio sixty, sure. <laughs> Honestly, sure. It was made and for I feel me, weird I rewatching it because I feel like there's so much else to discover and watch. But then I wish that I had those quotes at my at my hand whenever I wanted them. I guess I don't know. I I I kind of don't have that. In fact, I almost feel uh, like if I'm not in a perfectly alert state of mind, I don't want to watch the new thing. No? I'm kind of like you know what? I really just need to just watch a thing I've seen before. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I wanted to ask you about something else outside of the show show, and you can cut this out at the end if you want. Do you want me to cut it out? No, no. Okay. No, it's it's more about you're you. going to ask me like a really like serious it, friend thing it, right it's now. It's not a. Se- I don't think it's that serious of a thing. Anyway. Okay, let's do it. Um, I was listening on the Tim Ferriss show about uh, journaling. Okay. And you were saying that you started kind of a, a journal that you're just doing every day. You're like writing yeah. something about. Yeah, it's, it's almost not. It's it, like the last week. It probably hasn't been every day, but okay. yeah, I, I just write like three hundred words a day. Do you find that that clears your head out at all? Sometimes, sometimes I'll phrase something in the text yeah. in a way that I've never actually processed in my brain. Okay, I wish I could think of an example for you, but I'll write something down and I'll be like, I do feel that way. I just find sometimes I have this kind of brain fog, um, and yeah. I'm like, w- if I just got that out. Do I think that would help? Let me see if... Uh, uh, I, I, I keep it in my Gmail, so uh, it, I don't know if I have anything that's so personal I can't share it with you right now. Just to like give you an example of like one that I might write. Sure. Uh, I, I, and maybe it's as easy as like, wish I got to the gym 
this is driving me crazy. Yeah, uh, that that is yeah, exactly yeah, the kind of thing. Like, and it's just like little, it's almost like bullet I, forms. Right. Um, and it just simplifies things. You're like, oh, t- duh. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, June 22nd, 2017. The last few weeks have felt long and difficult. I'm not sleeping very well, and unrest tends to increase my anxiety, which is my millennial way of saying I'm at a higher risk of hissy fits. Mm. See, that that's an example of, like, I wrote that out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just being a bitch. <laughs> you know? So it was kind of like... It was kind of like once you see it on the page, I think. I think it, it's a thought that you have, but once you read even if it it's out, just in a minuscule way, right. it's helping me to understand myself a little better. Sure. How many times do I have to slur easily said words or mumble total nonsense in lieu of the perfectly rational sentiment I thought I'd prepared in my head before I should start to worry? I know I'm being hypochondriacal lately. It's a funny thing to diagnose oneself with, but when it's true, it's true. I feel a bit like a retired NFL player who took too many headshots and the therapy shows I'm cognitively unscathed in terms of long-term damage, but I know something's different. I'm comparable to a retired NFL player in no other way, <laughs> unless you count that neither me nor a retired NFL player plays professional football. <laughs> I suppose if my brain melts and I can't work anymore, I can sell my Super Bowl rings and fund my vegetation. That's so funny because I just think that everyone in their mind thinks that their mind is not as good as anyone else's mind. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's yeah, we, we, ju- we judge ourselves by our thoughts and others by their actions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're hypercritical and we're also worried about ourselves. Right. We're like, am I not developing? Am I not growing? Have I not changed enough? Right. Am I already uh, slumping? Am I, have I already peaked? Totally. Yeah, why am I so inarticulate right now? What yeah. is the issue with me? What's happening? Like, what's going on in my brain? Is there incorrect? Is there a tumor? Is there incorrect blood flow? Like, I do that is- all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just like a natural thing. Then. I definitely have the tumor thought. Yeah, I definitely have it. Like, totally. and like, not I not, haven't been as quick lately. I haven't gone to the doctor, but there, yeah, there are big parts of me where I'm just like, why, why did I have such a hard time with that sentence? Right. I was stopping like, why that I'm just talking. Why, why can't I come up with the word like right now? I can't come up with the word. Why can't I come up with the word? And that happens to me quite a bit on this show. But then when I listen back to the show, which I do because I'm a narcissist, I'm, I'm flowing conversationally fine. It sounds fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, maybe this is just something that maybe we both just came to a discovery that that's just something that everyone deals with all the time. I hope I hope that I hope that that brings people comfort to hear other people say it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hear a, a, a celebrity or somebody, an artist, I guess is the best term, uh, on a podcast talking about their art, and right. they say a thing that that really brings me. I'll never forget the first time I heard somebody talk about the imposter complex or whatever we want to, want to call it. It was Conan O'Brien. Right. I'd never heard someone else talk about it before. What's the imposter complex? Just just thinking that. Uh, nobody has figured out yet that you don't deserve oh, what you right. have. Yeah. And they're going to take it away from you. They're going to have to figure it basically out. Basically, you have to keep fooling people into yeah. thinking you deserve what you have. Right. Uh, I heard Conan O'Brien say it, and it was like, it, 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 my jaw hit the floor. I was like, holy shit. Right. I'm so, I'm, I felt amazing hearing that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a, a super common thing. Yes, it is. A super common thing. Because I've heard so many other people say that same And now thing. I have too. That's just yeah. the first example I can think of. But it happens right. pretty often that I'll hear somebody who I admire talking about an insecurity of theirs that I, I identify with. Right. And 
I mean, it sucks that people have insecurities, I guess. It doesn't really, but mm. I mean, it's, it's a shame when people feel that down on themselves, except, you know, to not feel alone is pretty awesome. Right. Cool. Well, this has been the mental, the, the mental minute. <laughs> what a, what a lovely way to end the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was kind of like, yeah, the mental minute. We, we had a long show tonight. Recap. I know. And it, we started so much later than we start yeah. any other show. Oh, well. Anyways. Yeah, it's quarter after 11. Okay, well, have a great week, and uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. And never trust Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs>